Auto insurance can all seem the same until it comes time to use it. So don't get stuck paying more for less coverage. Switch to USA Auto Insurance and you could start saving money in no time. Get a quote today. Restrictions apply. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Irish traditions. Because mythology comes from oral tradition, there's a wide variety across sources. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. Emer stood at the ramparts of her castle, watching the horizons for any sign of her love, Cúchulainn. Her father, Thorgal Monach, had rejected Cúchulainn's proposal because her older sister had yet to be wed. But now her sister was betrothed, and she longed for Cúchulainn to make his proposal once again. She had no idea that her father had plotted to keep her love away. Enough of this melancholy, Emer. Go for a ride or return to your harp lessons. No, Cúchulainn will be back soon. I'm sure of it. Forget him. He was a rabid beast, not worthy of your time. Besides, I found you a better match. Lugard Magnoth, the King of Munster, has made an offer for your hand. That old man? I assume you refused. Lugard is wealthy and stable. Cucullin is a hot-headed soldier. You're wrong. He may be dangerous on the battlefield, but he has a gentle soul. Oh, your naivete is astounding. The man is a brute. But it's no matter. Cucullin will never return. What have you done? I've done nothing but protect you. At this very moment, Cucullin is on his way to train with Scathawk the Shadow. How could you? If... If I can't have Cúchulainn, I will have no one at all. Enough of this ridiculous infatuation. You will accept Lugar's proposal at once. Never. I'd rather die. Would you really? Guard? Escort my daughter to her rooms and lock her in. Give her only bread and water. We'll see how long your conviction lasts, my dear. Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. 
Today, we're continuing the story of Irish hero Cú Cullen, a fearsome warrior in the ancient Celtic kingdom of Ulad. At Parcast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. You can find all previous episodes of Mythology, as well as all of ParCast's other shows, on Spotify and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help. We also now have merchandise. Head to ParCast.com merch for more information. Cullen was a great Irish warrior who transformed into a terrifying beast during battle. This change was called a reastrid, or warp spasm, and when Cullen was in the midst of it, he was so consumed with bloodlust that he was often unable to distinguish friend from foe. This element of his myth was probably inspired by soldiers who went off to battle and then returned home as changed men. They came back with both physical and psychological wounds and were unable to simply turn off the warrior instinct once it had been awakened. We can also see echoes of this idea in popular culture, with the call to battle creating uncontrollable changes in characters like the Incredible Hulk. This change would only be heightened by Cullen's training. Cullen was on his way to the home of a warrior woman named Scottok, also known as Scottok the Shadow. She had earned her nickname for her remarkable speed, which seemed to lend her the ability to blend into the shadows. Scottok's training was the toughest in all of Ireland, and many of the land's greatest warriors didn't survive the hardships she put them through. She lived in Dunscath, a great castle on the Isle of Skye, just off the northwest coast of Scotland. Some called this place the Fortress of Shadows, and after three days of hard travel, Cullen finally arrived at the castle. Night had already fallen, and freezing rain whipped around Cullen's ears as he rode up to the dark fortress, perched on the edge of a cliff. The humble village dwellings surrounding the castle had all shut their doors and windows to the nasty weather. Cullen rode past in isolation. As he approached, he saw that Dunscath was not on the Isle of Skye itself, but rather separated from the mainland by 20 feet of roiling ocean. A narrow bridge stretched forward, shaking in the wind, as Cullen guided his fidgety horse across. When he reached the end, he saw the flash of a torch on the ramparts high above him, and then heard the creak of a drawbridge. Cullen's horse pranced nervously, though Cullen felt no fear. As the drawbridge settled onto the wet stone, Cullen saw a hooded figure standing in the great arched doorway. Your name? Cullen. I come from the court of the King of Ulad to train with the warrior woman Skatuk. The stranger moved so quickly that Cullen barely had time to react. An arrow came flying straight for his head, and he threw himself sideways off his horse, nearly catching his foot in the stirrup. 
he landed hard and leapt up, bringing his shield around to block just in time. Kukulin drew his sword. Another arrow narrowly missed his head. You would attack a guest with no provocation? Only the greatest warriors may train with me. Best to weed out the weak so I don't waste my time. Kukulin barely had time to register this unusual start to his training. He needed to fight to survive. With a roar, he raced towards Skatok. With almost inhuman speed, she darted away from his blows, seeming to slip between the raindrops as she moved. Far too slow to train with me. Best head back to the comforts of Eamon Maka. You won't get rid of me so easily. Kukulin gritted his teeth and focused. His next strike caught the edge of his new teacher's robes. Consider that a warning. The next strike will draw your blood. Surely you're not the best Ulad has to offer. Kukulin felt his warp spasm take over. As his body shaped and shifted, his strength grew. With a great swing of his blade, he brought the sword down on his teacher's head. There was a great flash of lightning, and Kukulin blinked. His sword was embedded deep in the castle's stone, and Skatok was nowhere to be seen. From a rampart above him, he heard a cackle. You may stay, if you wish. Thank you for your hospitality. And so Kukulin began his training with Skatok the Shadow. Each night, he and the other trainees slept on hard cots in a barn. They'd be awoken with sneak attacks and fed with tasteless food. The barracks were not for soft men, and none among them were soft. When they trained, they trained with real weapons. When they sparred, they fought to first blood. While Kukulin was the most skilled soldier in all of Ulad, here he lost fight after fight, collecting scars on his skin. Skatok guided him in his swings, teaching him how to move like the wind and analyze his opponent's motions in the blink of an eye. While Kukulin had all he needed in brute strength, Skatok's speed and intelligence raised his fighting skill to an almost godly level. Kukulin was a quick study, and over the ensuing weeks, he went from receiving scars to giving them. Skatok grew more fond of him the more she taught, and she tried to push him as far as she could. One day, she found someone she thought might be his equal. Gather round, we have a new trainee. Meet Ferdia of Connacht. Kukulin, step forward. Fight to first blood. Ah, Kukulin of Ulad. I've heard all about you. Funny. I've heard nothing about you. Kukulin drew his sword and sized up his opponent. Kukulin would recognize Ferdia's kind anywhere. Scraggly beard, tall, broad-shouldered. Ferdia looked like purebred Kanakta, the ancient enemies of Ulad. Many an Ulsterman had fallen to a Kanakt spear, so Kukulin relished this opportunity to even the score. The warriors formed a ring in the training area around Ferdia and Kukulin. Ferdia drew his sword, and the two warriors swung their blades. Kukulin grunted as his sword was pushed back. 
Ferdia was stronger than he looked. He swung once more, and then again, his sword deflected by a skillful parry each time. Kukulin frowned. Despite his distaste for the Kanakta, he found his respect for this man growing with each strike. Ferdia was fending him off like few other men could, and he had not even begun to train with Skatok. Yet, respect or no, Kukulin was determined to win. He fainted forward, attempting to bait Ferdia into overextending. Ferdia swung and Kukulin struck, his sword cutting across Ferdia's torso. The men in the circle cheered. Kukulin frowned. His sword had scraped against something under Ferdia's clothes, but no blood had appeared on his shirt. Foul! He's wearing armor under his clothes. Ferdia, is this true? Ferdia stripped off his shirt, and everyone gawked. The skin on his torso and arms was covered in short, thick spikes. Can anything pierce it? No weapon I've come up against. You were born with it? When my mother was pregnant, my father let a wandering peasant spend the night in our barns on a freezing cold night. The next day, the man claimed that he was a druid and that my father's son would be blessed with impenetrable skin. They didn't know whether to believe him, but then I was born like this. A wondrous gift. Kukulin, I think you've met your match. Kukulin smirked. He was certainly a worthy adversary, but an equal? No Kanakta could be his equal. We'll see how these rivals clash after this. This episode is brought to you by Bai. It's Wonder Water. What makes Bai so great? It's simple. From Raspberry Lemon Lime by Sydney Sweeney to Zambia Bing Cherry and Palavo Pineapple Mango, Bai has antioxidants, electrolytes, and no artificial sweeteners. So for flavorful hydration, choose Bai. It's Wonder Water. Learn more about Bai and discover all of the exotic, bold flavors at drinkbai.com. And now back to the story. Kukulin had been through weeks of brutal training with Skatok, the warrior woman. He had sparred off against Ferdia, a warrior with impenetrable skin from Ulad's rival kingdom, Kunakt. The two had proven nearly evenly matched, and the sparring continued for the rest of the day. Ferdia and Kukulin paired up with other fighters to keep their training fresh. As the sun set, the group gathered for dinner, and Ferdia approached Kukulin once more. Hello again, Ulsterman. I'd heard of Skatok's training, but never decided to come, until I heard you were here. Why? Thought you'd kill me? <laughs> no. The thought had crossed my mind. But it was more that I wanted to test myself. To see if I really was the greatest. Sometimes... Sometimes it can be lonely at the top. Kukulin felt torn. By all rights, Ferdia should be his rival. But Ferdia was right. It was lonely being the best. Kukulin had teachers. He had family. But he'd never truly had friends. Most other men were either scared or jealous of him. Perhaps Ferdia was the only one who truly understood. Kukulin nodded to the seat on the bench next to him. Better eat quickly. 
The colder this stew gets, the worse it tastes. Thanks for the warning. Kukulin and Ferdia shared a wonderful conversation as they bonded over their similar childhoods and chuckled about war stories. The next day, they sparred again, and they sparred once more the day after that. Through their trading of blows and their trading of words, the two men from rival countries formed a friendship closer than any they had known before. They viewed each other as equals, but Scottalk favored one over the other. Kukulin, come with me. Are we going to work more on the- Not you, just Kukulin. Kukulin gave his best friend a shrug and followed Scottalk to a winding path below the castle. The duo followed the path to a small wooden door, modestly decorated, but thick and sturdy. Scottalk unlocked the door and led Kukulin inside. The room was sparse except for a single display upon which lay a fearsome spear. It was white and chalky, but hefty, and the tip of the spear was lined with countless barbs. It's called the Gay Bulga. It may look like an ordinary spear, but it's made from the bones of the deadly sea monster Coinchin. When it enters a man's body, it opens into 30 barbed points, killing instantly. It works its way so deeply into the flesh that it must be cut out. Why haven't we all trained with it before? Even I don't wish to see my students die. Asking them to spar with this would be like asking them to hold fire. And yet, you think me a torch? Nothing else can hold the flame. Kukulin picked up the spear and felt its weight in his hand. Its balance was strange, and its hilt felt rough on his palms. Yet even with its odd proportions, he could feel its deadly power coursing through his veins. Does it burn? Like a fine ale. Skatok trained Kukulin for months to use the gay bulga. It was so heavy that it had to be thrown with a spinning motion, almost like a discus, and could therefore only be mastered with a combination of strength and coordination. The challenge of using the spear was intoxicating, and Kukulin spent every waking moment trying to figure out its secrets. I thought I heard someone out here. Didn't mean to keep you up. Just thought I'd get more practice in. Normally, my trainees are begging for a break, not adding in more practice at night. It's hard to explain. I just feel comfortable with a sword in my hand. It's who you are. You're a true warrior, like me. It was normally easy for Skatok to keep a distance between herself and her trainees. She had to. These were warriors who might meet death at any moment, but as they worked together, Skatok's bond with Kukulin grew. She had never seen another warrior learn to use the weapon, and watching Kukulin wield the gay bulga was like watching two of her children reach their full potential. As Kukulin grew closer to mastering the legendary spear, a dark cloud formed over Dunscath. Years earlier, Skatok had made a dangerous enemy of another warrior woman named Aoife. 
Aoife enjoyed making frequent attacks on the edges of Skatok's territory, sowing unease and fear in the villagers there. But now she had grown braver, launching her army deeper and deeper into Skatok's lands. Skatok fumed and decided to confront her enemy in full force, putting an end to their skirmishes once and for all. As she planned her attack, Kukulin longed to join her on the battlefield, eager to put his training to use. Do you think I'm ready to use the gay Bolga against Aoife? No. That fickle thing should not be tested against one as skilled as Aoife. Besides, if things go well, you won't be fighting her at all. What do you mean? You aren't going. I need you to stay here and protect Dunscath. You have other soldiers for that. My place is on the battlefield. This isn't a discussion. This is an order. While Skatok pretended that Kukulin was needed at the castle, in reality, she couldn't bear to put Kukulin in danger. She had grown to think of him as a son, and her desire to keep him safe overwhelmed her need for skilled soldiers. Kukulin stomped away, his frustration clear in the lines of his face. Skatok could tell that he wasn't going to stay, she'd have to find another way to keep him out of death's path. The night before the battle, she put a powerful sleeping potion into Kukulin's food. The next morning, he slept as the rest of the warriors left Dunscath for battle. But Skatok had underestimated Kukulin's strength. She thought the drug would keep him asleep for a few days, but instead, Kukulin woke after only a few hours. When he roused, he realized that Skatok had tricked him. He grinned. Her trick had been clever, but nothing was going to keep him from war. He would laugh in Skatok's face after he brought her victory. When he reached the battlefield, he paused. He could see that Skatok's warriors, while stronger and better trained, were badly outnumbered. At the center of the teeming mass, he spotted Aoife. She took on two of Skatok's warriors herself, cutting a trail of blood through the pack. Kukulin headed straight for her, flying past Skatok. Aoife, leave them alone. Kukulin, no, stay back. But Aoife had already spotted Kukulin. With a wild cry, she urged her horse toward him. Kukulin cut down two of her soldiers as he rode, then hurled his spear at Aoife herself. Aoife released her spear at the same time, and both spears slammed into the opponent's shields, knocking them backward. They tumbled off their horses and drew their swords. Kukulin sized up his opponent. Aoife was tall, thin, and her wild braids whipped around her face. She had an unhinged look in her black eyes. Kukulin felt his warp spasm take over, and his body began to transform. His eyes bulged out of his head, and his shoulders grew thick as the back of his neck curved out like a bull's. Around him, seasoned warriors drew back in horror at the sight, but Aoife let out a wild war cry and charged. Their swords drew sparks as they cut blow after blow at each other, 
Blood soaked the battleground beneath them as they both sliced open wounds in each other's flesh that would have been the death of any other warrior. The other fights on the battleground ceased at the spectacle of this single combat. As she fought off exhaustion, Skatok tried to rush forward, but Ferdia held her back. Let me go! I have to stop him! This is his fight. You've trained him well, so let him finish it. Ferdia was right. Aoife couldn't outlast Kukulin. As she leapt toward him, she overcommitted and lost her balance. Kukulin sliced through the tendons on the back of her right knee, and she fell to the ground. Kukulin drove his sword through Aoife's white neck, then grabbed her head by the hair and held it aloft. At the sight of their leader's bloody head, Aoife's warriors threw down their weapons. Kukulin had won the day. As Dunscath settled back into peacetime, Kukulin returned to his training with the Gay Bulga. His victory over Aoife gave him renewed confidence, and before long, he had mastered the weapon. While Skatok didn't wish to say goodbye to the man, he had defeated Aoife, something she herself had been unable to do for decades. She knew that there was nothing left for her to teach him. Your training is done, Kukulin. You have grown beyond my wildest imagination. Thank you, Skatok. Ferdia, come here. What will happen when you return to Connacht? With Kukulin in Ulad and your two kingdoms as old enemies, it will only be a matter of time before you find yourselves on opposing sides. Ferdia is my brother. I don't care what kingdom he's from. We may fight for our kingdoms, but we'll never fight each other. I swear it. I swear it as well. What will you do now? Go back to Ulad? I suppose. What of that young woman you spoke of? Perhaps you can return to her. When I came here, I half expected to die. I didn't think about what came after. I'm sure her sister is married now, so if I ask for her hand again, her father can't refuse. Then claim her! Excited, Kukulin made his preparations to return to Iman Maka, unaware of what had occurred in his home kingdom while he was away. Emer was still imprisoned in her father's castle, surviving on bread and water. Emer, this has gone on long enough. All you have to do is say the word and I'll unlock this door. No. Lugard Magnos is the king of Munster. You couldn't make a better match. I love Kukulin. I will marry no one but him. Do you think I want to keep you in here? This is as hard on me as it is on you. I highly doubt that. At least meet Lugard. You'll find him to be a nice fellow. There's no need for me to meet anyone. I know who I want to marry. <sighs> Fine. Your rations of bread will be cut in half. We'll see how you feel in a few days' time. I think you'll be a bit more reasonable then. But Emer held fast to her decision. As she starved in her room, Lugard waited in the castle. However... Forgel had never told him why Emer refused to meet him, and his curiosity only grew with time. 
The King of Munster asked around the castle for any word of Emer's motives. Most of Forgal's servants remained tight-lipped, but after some prodding and some judicious bribery, Lugod was able to coax the information out of the kitchen staff. They told him that Cúchulain himself had proposed to Emer, and she insisted that she only belonged to him. Terrified, Lugod went to Forgal immediately and withdrew his offer of marriage. Unlike Forgal, Lugod knew not to cross such a great warrior as Cúchulain. Soon after Lugod departed, Cúchulain arrived at Forgal's castle. After almost a year spent enduring the toughest training of his life, he was finally ready to claim his bride. Let down the drawbridge. It is I, Cúchulain of Ulad, nephew of King Conchobar. I seek audience with Forgal. A sentry looked nervously down at Cúchulain, then conferred with another of the guards. On the ground, Cúchulain grew annoyed. He waited for an hour before finally, Forgal appeared on the battlements. Forgal, have you forgotten all manner of hospitality? Cúchulain, I thought I might never see you again. My training with Skatuk was difficult, but I survived. I know that Emer's older sister has married, so I'm here to claim my bride. Emer doesn't want to marry you. She has told me to refuse your offer. Lies! Emer swore she... You've been gone too long. Young love is passing. Let her tell me herself. I'm the lord of this place, and my word should be enough. I'll only warn you once, Forgo. Let me see Emer, or lose everything you hold dear. <laughs> oh, your threats don't scare me. Goodbye, Cúchulain. You are not welcome here. Cúchulain turned silently away. He had waited all this time and come all this way just to see his beloved. He knew her love was steadfast and that her father was lying. He wasn't about to leave this castle without her. So that night, as most of the castle slept, Cúchulain approached the walls. We'll return to our story in just a moment. And now, back to the story. It was a cold, windy, moonless night. Cúchulain dug his fingertips and toes into the smallest ledges in the stone. Inch by inch, he climbed, silent and strong. When he reached the top, he hoisted himself up and onto the battlements. He crept up behind the nearest sentry and stabbed him through the heart before the man could cry out. He snuck around the entire castle's perimeter, killing every soldier that he saw, all without raising the alarm. He then made his way into the castle itself. Cúchulain remembered the way to Emer, and as he made his way to her room, all was quiet. He reached her heavy oak door and found it locked. I told you, father, I won't open it. I am not your father. The door flew open and Emer sank into Cúchulain's arms. As he wrapped his arms around her, he felt how frail she had become. What's wrong? Have you been ill? 
My father tried to make me marry another man. He starved me to get me to relent of my love for you, but I knew. I knew you would come for me. Go to the stables and prepare a chariot. Your father deserves to be punished for the way he's treated you. Do what you must. Kukulin bent down and kissed Emer, as he had dreamt of doing for months. Her lips were softer than he had ever imagined. Emer rushed quietly down the hallway while Kukulin headed for the dungeons, where Forgal's gold lay safely guarded. Two soldiers stood by the door, but they were no match for the great warrior. He drew his sword and charged them. The first was taken by surprise, and Kukulin slit his throat. The second drew his sword, but Kukulin quickly drove his sword through the man's chest. He took the keys from the guard's belt and unlocked the door. From the trove, he took two heavy chests filled with gold coins and hoisted one onto each shoulder, then hurried off to meet Emer. She was waiting for him in the stables, and he loaded the chests into the chariot she had prepared. Quickly, my love. Away we go. With two strokes of his blade, Kukulin cut the ropes holding the drawbridge. As he leapt into the chariot, he took a torch from the wall and dropped it into a pile of hay to cover their escape. As Kukulin urged the horses out of the castle, a cry went up. The courtyard of the castle filled with smoke, and as Emer looked back, she could see flames licking up the sides of the wall. Good. She was glad to be free of the place. Inside the castle, Forgal awoke to chaos. He lurched out of his bed to find his castle alight. One of his soldiers ran up to tell him that his treasure had been stolen and his daughter was gone. Forgal ran to his castle's battlements to see if he could still see the man, but as he looked over his land, his eyes began to sting and his lungs filled with smoke. He stumbled around, blinded, then tripped over one of the sentries Kukulin had killed. Forgal lost his balance and fell over the battlements to his death on the rocks below. Kukulin and Emer arrived back at Emen Maka, where he was welcomed home as a hero. For a time, Emer mourned the passing of her father, but it wasn't long before her grief dissipated, and she and Kukulin prepared to wed. All of Ulad was invited to the wedding of the king's nephew. The ceremony was a grand affair, followed by a wine-filled reception. Afterward, Kukulin and Emer traveled to the far end of the isle to be alone together, if only for a few days. Their honeymoon was bliss, but nothing can last forever. Kukulin was expected to report to his uncle so they could make plans for war. Stay here with me just a little while longer. I wish that I could. When I was imprisoned and starving, I dreamed of moments like these. Did you dream of me when you were away? Every night and every day, you had invaded my mind. You make me sound like a conquering army. I believe I conquered you. Oh, I'm sure. As Kukulin and Emer enjoyed their time together, Ulad was being watched by an old enemy. Queen Maeve, ruler of Kunact, 
the ancient enemy kingdom of Ulad, had gathered her forces on the fields in front of her castle, Maeve's hatred of Ulad was both political and personal. She had once been betrothed to King Konkabar as a means of ensuring peace between the nations. But when the young couple met, they quickly found they couldn't stand each other. The marriage fell apart, and over the years, Maeve gathered her forces, waiting to acquire the upper hand. The time had finally come for her to set off toward war. Maeve called on the goddess Maka for divine intervention. As Maeve had been a dedicated servant of Maka's for years, and the Ulsterman had shorn Maka's worship throughout the kingdom, Maka was more than willing to help the queen. Before Ulster scouts could warn their countrymen of the arrival of Maeve's forces, Maka cursed all the soldiers in Ulad. Soldiers all across the country were racked with horrific labor pains, leaving them writhing on the ground and unfit for battle. When Kukulin returned from his honeymoon, he found his fellow soldiers crippled by pain. Dear God, what kind of dark magic is this? Stay calm, my friends. I'll fetch help. Kukulin leapt back onto his horse. He had to stop Maeve's army before they reached Eamon Maka, or his country would fall to her vicious blade. Next week, we'll continue to share mythology about the Irish hero Cúchulainn and hear how he came face to face in battle with his old friend, Ferdia. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. If you enjoy mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every other Saturday, we dive into another dark, classic tale. You can find Tales, more episodes of Mythology, and all of ParCast's other shows on Spotify and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Several of you have asked how to help Mythology. If you enjoy the show, the best way to help is to leave a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back next week with another epic tale. Mythology was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Freddie Beckley. Mythology is written by Claire Epstein. The amazing cast of voice actors includes, by alphabetical order, Susanna Corrington, Sky King, Kathleen Nielsen, Steve Pinto, and Monique Bremen. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 